On today's show, I'm going to talk about all of the players that are on the Denver Nuggets roster at Summer League and what I've taken away from them. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this your first listen. Um, I'm Adam Matas. Matt Moore is off today. Hopefully, he'll be back here soon. I'm not actually sure what his schedule is, but he should be back here soon. But we are a couple games into NBA Summer League, one of my favorite times of the year. We got our first look at the new look Denver Nuggets. And there's been some surprises, both good and bad, along the way. So I thought today I would take a look at, walk you through some of the notes as I've been digesting the two games they played. It's funny, man. I've been really into the Summer League group, not just Pickett. I mean, I think everybody knows Jalen Pickett's a guy that's really intriguing to me. But I've been very interested in all of the guys, especially Hunter Tyson and Peyton Watson. So I've gone back and watched all of these games again. And I've been thinking about different things, talking to a lot of different people with the team out at Summer League and just trying to get some, you know, intel on the guys, get some perspective, hear what other people say about them. And so I'm actually pretty energized to talk about these guys, even if there's guys I'm high on and guys I'm low on. So I figured we would get this. Um, we'd get to this now that I'm back in Denver. I know you guys probably missed the podcast on Monday and on Friday, but hopefully we can make up. Uh, for some of that here today and then do an another show tomorrow night after the game tomorrow night, the third game of the, uh, of the summer league. All right, let's get into it. I just want to go, I'm going to go in order. I've been doing these podcasts, you know, through DNVR and through here. And I've been starting with Pickett because I like him and I find him so interesting, but I don't want to do that today. I want to go in chronological order of where these guys were picked. And so the first guy we're going to start with, who I think is probably the most important player on the team is Peyton Watson taken last year with the 30th pick. So first of all, a couple notes on him. One, the team remains extremely high on Peyton Watson. Extremely high. I know you've heard us emphasize this a bit, but that is a guy they really believe in, that he is not just going to be a good player, but that he is going to be a major piece of this era of, Dem of the Denver Nuggets. With next year, you know, that was his last year, his redshirt year, kind of getting his body bigger, working on his game, gaining confidence. This year, I think they view it as a, a Christian Brown type of season where he's going to be a contributor all year who grows in contribution as the season goes on and then is counted on to be one of your top eight guys in the playoffs and a guy that, more importantly, can play all the way through the finals. You know, I, I've heard this from somebody with the front office that I really like. They view um, the NBA in three seasons, and it's not what you would think. The first season is the regular season. We've heard Draymond's 82-game players and 16-game players. They almost break it up differently. They say there's a regular season. Then there's the first two rounds of the playoffs. And then there's the last two, the conference finals and the finals. And by the time you get to the conference finals and finals, you're playing against the best of the best. Those teams don't really have as many weaknesses as teams like – like this year, if you look at it, the Minnesota Timberwolves in particular, you would almost put them in a different category just in terms of skill and everything else than you would say – um, the Lakers, you know, they didn't have as big as stars. They just had some gaps in their roster. Some of that was from injuries. They view Peyton Watson as a three season kind of guy, regular all through the playoffs. I think I'm a little bit more, um, I don't want to say skeptical. I'm a, yeah, maybe it is skeptical. Like I'm a little bit more skeptical about we'll see. I just haven't seen enough for me to commit one way or another. I'm definitely not out on him. In fact, I really like Peyton Watson. I'm going to get into all that. 
but I just haven't yet been convinced to the level that they seem to have been and some of the different you know coaches and and different people have been on him. I think he's a great kid. This is one of my first notes. I've got a chance to really talk to him. I shouldn't say really talk to him. I've gotten a chance to talk to him a little bit more at Summer League, some one-on-one and some obviously in a scrum and just kind of observe him a little bit. I've gotten to meet some of the people that are with him. I think he's got great people around him and in his ear. So that those things are not small. Those are really big things. I know we've talked about this with players that have come through Denver, through as in they've come in and, and departed Denver, um, you know, maybe failed through Denver. And not all of them have had great people in their ear. And I think that's a can be a real big contributor to players that don't make it. A lot of people that are family members or friends are telling guys, hey, they're trying to speed up the process. Peyton's process to this point has been very slow. And I think he is extremely mature for his age. Like talking to him, he's very thoughtful. He thinks about things. He seems to understand the timeline more than most. And I think this next year will probably be the last test for him in that regard because I don't think he's a star this year. I don't think he is a guy that plays every game this year, at least not a ton of minutes. I think he'll probably be a guy that's in the rotation. But remember, Christian Brown last year had games where he'd play like five minutes and not play a second half or get yanked. And he even had games early on in the year where he didn't play at all. I think Peyton's going to have to get over that last hump this year where he probably plays less than he wants to play. And so far, he's been great about that. I think if he gets over that hump and kind of stays the course and, and keeps working, I think by the season's end, he's going to be in Michael Malone's circle of trust and he'll be a good player. So I say the great kid part because I really do think that to this point, it's underrated how well he has sort of handled the slow burn that has been this Denver Nuggets process with him. He's very good in the open court. He's so long and he's athletic. He's got a lot of skill, but I, I think the skill is a little bit more raw. I think there's a lot of details. I hope he becomes a detail fiend where he just obsesses over the tiny micro details of becoming great. To me, he's the type of player that takes his game to another level, like a Kobe Bryant. He's not going to be like a Kobe, I don't think, but Kobe was a guy where every little detail, what angle, when I pivot, what angle am I at? How do I attack this way or that way? I think he has a long way to go with those skills. And I think that's the part of his game that to me is the most like, there, there's plays where he's really lacking. You'll see him come off of a screen with perfect footwork and get to the hole and perfect movements. And you think, man, that guy's so smooth. And then you'll see one play later where he'll grab the ball and travel or he'll grab the ball and he'll have bad footwork the way he catches it. And now he can't pivot out of a trap because he didn't set himself up. So to me, he's a guy that has a long way to go on the tiny details, but I hope he's a guy that obsesses over him because he has the raw talent and he has some of the natural talent that if the details get there, it'll unlock more and more of that. We're already seeing more of it unlocked than what we saw a year ago, but I think it can come more and more. And this is why I say with Peyton Watson, there are moments of brilliance with him. One play in particular I think of in this, I think it was in the second game. Yeah, it was the second game. Drives to his left, has a defender on his right hip. And you think he's going to shoot like a left-handed hook. And he stops, shifts his body weight to the right and throws it across his body for a little push shot, a little floater, nothing but net. It looks so smooth and so complicated, like something you might see Luka Doncic do. Um, and he did it just so smoothly. He has moments like that where you really see the vision. Um, so I think continuing to work on his fundamentals and his like not, not even fundamentals it's basketball is complicated at the nba level as a ball handler 
all the different ways a, a team can guard you, an individual can guard you, and all the little micro details that go in. Okay, they're doing this, then I have to set myself up this way. He has a long way to go, and I don't think I don't. I think one of the traps will be trying to get there too fast. You can't skip steps in building your fundamentals and building your foundation. And I just think it's going to be a little bit of a process. The good news is one. He makes great plays in the open court because the open court is more about athleticism and natural ability and less about the, the tiny details. And he has that natural ability, you know, to him, just 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 a, a, a hooper, a, a natural basketball player. And he has these moments of brilliance, even with his shot where it looks great. So he ebbs and flows right now between looking great and sometimes looking super raw. I would like to see him play with more intensity because the thing to me is I think he can defend right now at an NBA championship level, meaning he can be Christian Brown defensively. That's why Christian Brown played. Christian Brown's offense has a long way to go. Peyton, I think, can be in the same boat. I'd like to see him play with more intensity. He's a guy that I think um, Hunter Tyson plays like a mani maniac and a lunatic. Bruce Brown plays like a lunatic, just constantly revved up. I think for Peyton Watson to be the player he can be, he needs to have that intensity. And, and, and that takes cultivation. It's not going to just happen one game. Otherwise, you're good when you're bad one. Cultivating a mentality that you approach the court with, I think, is going to be a big part of his growth based on what I've seen in Summer League. Um, I'd like to see him make a little bit more of an impact off ball. And here's where Summer League becomes so hard to evaluate players. He right now is playing alongside a couple point guards and a couple other players who are all highlighting their game. And Denver has molded the scouting report and the game plan to his skill set more than anyone else's. You know, they move guys out of position so that he can guard the guy they want him to guard because they want to test him out and say, hey, this is going to be your role at the NBA level. But they've also given him the ball and pick and roll and stuff in ways that I think have actually hurt him and have hurt the team. Even if I understand why they're trying to do it, they want to see the things that I'm seeing, like what's his footwork look like on pick and rolls? Is he catching the ball right? Um, is he attacking? Does he know how to make the read when the, the guy comes over? They want to see those types of things. But I want think that at the next level, at least early on, he's mostly going to be an off-ball slasher. And you have players like Colin Gillespie and Jalen Pickett who can be very good point guards. And I would like to see one of these games remaining where they say, hey, you know what? We're actually going to take you off-ball more than we have in the previous ones and just try to find seams to cut in, catch from the corners and score, get the ball in isolation and go. But and, and if you don't have an isolation, get it back to your point guards. I'd like to see that. I want to see him be a little bit more consistent. I would say in both games, he has had like four stints, you know, in each corner base quarter, basically. And they've been different each time. You know, oh, that was a great stint for Peyton. He comes back in. That was a little bit more of a rough one. They comes back in pretty good one, pretty bad one, like just kind of kind of a little bit up and down. So being more consistent. And then I'd like to see him get more steals and blocks. In the first game, that's what stood out. He had three steals and three blocks. Peyton Watson's a guy that does stuff. He fills up the back, the box score. He had five rebounds, two assists, 13 free throws. He got to the line. He had 23 points. Um, he did a lot of stuff. In the second game, he had zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. So I want to see him just consistently. He, every game, he should be a guy that's looking to get steals and blocks and putting those in the stat sheet. And I think that would give you a lot of confidence. When we talk about Bruce Brown replacements, there is no Bruce Brown replacement. The Nuggets are going to be a different team, but can they be good as good, but in a different way? To, in my opinion, the answer is no, unless Peyton Watson really is able to be a guy that just gets blocks and steals and makes an impact defensively every single night, because that's the thing more than anything else that they're, I think they're going to be missing from Bruce Brown. 
If you're picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back? And that's cash back with Abata. Abata gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Abata is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Abata by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Abata app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. We'll be right back with more Locked on Nuggets. All right, back here, segment two, Locked On Nuggets. We're going through the players in chronological order and talking about what we saw for them. So up next, Ishmael Kamagate, second rounder last season. My first note I have on here, I think I'm out on Kamagate. I don't think I'm out on Kamagate. Could I be wrong? Sure, I've been wrong before. I've been out on guys. And they've, they've turned out to be better. But Kamagate is the first and only guy so far in this play in this um year summer league team of the guys that are on the roster in some capacity whether it's two-way or just right he's the first guy that i think i'm saying i am probably not going to think about him a lot more i kind of think i know what he is first of all i think he's 22 or 23 he's not the youngest guy let me see if i can uh look at this up really quickly here oh my god he's 22 years old so he's all was already a little bit on the older side and yes, the Nuggets have a lot of older players, Gillespie, Strother, Pickett, Tyson. They have old players on the roster, but those guys are, in my opinion, significantly more polished than he is. He was always a bit of a prospect. I'll start with the positives. He blocks shots really well. He has a good knack for being like that roaming shot blocker. I don't think he's elite at it, but he's good at it. And he has the tools that make you think he could be elite at it. Uh, and he flashed some of that in the, in, in, um, you know, in his time here, I mean, he had one block in the first game. He had two blocks in the second one. So one and a half blocks, you know, and not bad, um, but certainly not good enough that you would say, well, we'll take the raw skill because he's blocking everything. He's just merely, I think, good at this. He has not rebounded the ball very well at all. And he's had some unique matchups, but to play in the NBA, he's going to have to do a couple different things really well, namely on the defensive end and rebounding and block shots are great. Block shots, I'd give him like a B plus maybe an, even an A- minus if I'm being generous. Rebounding, though, I'd probably give him a C-. minus. He had six rebounds in the first game. He had, let's see, three rebounds in 19 minutes in the second game, just three. And in both games, there were, I thought, lots of moments where it looked like he was, um, you know, rebounds that were better than 50-50 chances for him, and he just wasn't able to get to them. So I worry about the rebounding. I worry about the intensity that he can play with. The NBA level is very physical you got to have that dog in you, especially if you're a defensive player. And he just hasn't flashed that so far. More importantly, he hasn't really flashed a development. If you talk about his offensive game, where on the court were you comfortable giving him the ball? For me right now, the only thing I've seen has been dunks and stuff in the restricted area. If you hand him the ball at the dribble handoff, I don't think he knows what to do with it. If you hand him the ball in the short roll, say the foul line or a step inside the foul line, I don't think he knows what to do with it. If he catches it in the dunker spot and has to like finish around or through a defender, I don't know that he's capable of doing it. So to me, he hasn't developed all of those skills that I think would make him more of an NBA prospect. So this might be an example of a player that ends up just being a, a guy that never comes over. And again, 
that happens more often than not with second round picks. So this isn't like, you know, he failed or anything. The second round, you're kind of taking lottery tickets and hope you hit on one. I'm saying I just don't think you're going to hit on, on Kamigate. Next up is Colin Gillespie. Missed all of last year after breaking his leg. Had a great summer league and broke his leg. Now he's back on a two-way contract with the Nuggets and trying to earn a full-time roster spot that would come next year. I think my first note on him is that I think he might be, of all the players, he might be the one trying a little too hard. And by too hard, I mean, what does it mean to try hard? I just said you need intensity from Peyton Watson. What I mean is I think he's trying to impress and he's trying to do too much. This is a team that has some really good players on it, um, guys that are capable of doing a lot of different things. And I think he might be the one that has pressed the envelope just a little bit. His shot looks phenomenal. He hit five three-pointers in this last game, five of, what was it, five of eight? Yeah, five of eight three-point shooting. And a lot of those off the dribble, I would call semi-difficult shots. And he looked balanced. He looked great. Um, I have a lot of confidence that he can be a great shooter at the next level. I think having two point guards coming into this last week, I'm speaking out of two sides of my mouth because last week I said they have Pickett and Gillespie, two point guards. I like both of them, and I still like both of them. And I thought that would be a positive for them. I think it's actually been a negative in that both guys, you know, I think both guys need to take control of the offense more than what I've seen. And I suspect one of the main reasons, maybe not the only one, I don't want to make a full excuse for both guys, but one of the main reasons that I don't think either has is because when you're splitting duties on something that should be a one person's job, it can become a little bit difficult. And I do think there's been some stepping on toes moments from these guys. Nonetheless, his point guard play has been the part that hasn't impressed me. Now, how do I coincide that? Or how do I, um, you know, how do I look at that alongside last year where he was such a, we called him steady Gillespie because of how good of a point guard he was. My hunch is that this is a guy that's coming back from injury and just hasn't been able to be, um, you know, it's like Jamal Murray coming back from injury. He's just not quite at a hundred percent. So I think Colin, the fact that he's on a two way, first of all, tells you that the nuggets probably are going to work slow with him. And maybe next year he's a guy that joins the roster or, you know, gets his shot. But number two, just the fact that he's coming back from injury, I think we should wait until the G League season to really evaluate him. There's interesting stuff we're getting while we watch him here, but I think that we're going to get a lot more later on. And then lastly, he looks really small, and he's not particularly quick. He's a little stocky, but I don't know that he's strong. Like Jalen Pickett's really strong, and he's throwing his body weight around a lot in these games. We'll get to him later. But Gillespie is more like you can't knock him off his spot, but he's not using that same weight to get you. I think that he probably needs to be a little bit leaner and quicker as a player. Whereas right now, I think he's a little bit more stocky and slow. When you're that short, you've got to have something to you, whether, you know, to make up for it. And since he's not explosive, I think he can get a little bit leaner um, and it'll help him out. Now we go to this year and we get to Julian Strother out of Gonzaga, the Denver Nuggets' first pick in this draft, the first rounder. My first note for him is that he's playing out of position and I really hate it. So because you have two point guards and they're both undersized, you've got Colin Gillespie who's about 6'1", I believe, and, and Jalen Pickett who I'll split the difference and say 6'3". They list him at 6'4", might be 6'2", but he's not – he's good for a point guard, but he's not big for a shooting guard, which is where he's playing since Gillespie is the shorter. We'll call him the point guard. So automatically now you move to a undersized shooting guard in Jalen Pickett. Strother, when – he was introduced. Calvin Booth said, you know, he's really tall. He's a shooting guard. And at six, 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 seven, that's really big for that spot. Well, because of those two guys, he's basically playing small forward. And because you have Peyton Watson and Denver wants to see Peyton Watson guard the perimeter, 
Sometimes Strother's even moving over to power forwards. And so now he goes from a tall shooting guard to a smallish forward. And I think it's, he's the guy that really is being punished for having to play out of position. I really hope that in this game tomorrow night, we see him, or on Wednesday night, I should say, we see him play his shooting guard position. Because you can imagine Christian Brown, how big he looks when he's guarding other shooting guards. But if he was guarding power forwards just straight up right out of the gate, you'd probably be like, man, this guy's really small for a power forward. That's how I feel about Strother, but it's not his fault. He needs to get back to his position. I've been very impressed with how hard he's played, especially in that second game. I thought he had a terrible He has not shot the ball well. Strother went three of nine from the three-point line in the first game, and he went, let me see here, one of nine. So he got nine threes off in both games, and he's made uh, four. So four of 18, he's really struggled with his shot. We know he's a good shooter, so I'm not necessarily worried about him. I mean, shooters go up and down, and you know the ball just hasn't found him or he hasn't found the bottom of the net yet. But sometimes that's nice to evaluate a shooter. I thought this was true of Christian Brown last year. He did so many things. He filled up the back, uh, the box score with so many other things that you we didn't know if he was a good shooter or not. But in my opinion, he was still an impact player. Strother isn't the defensive player that Christian Brown is. But I do think that we can evaluate him in the same way and say, well, what is he like on a night when he doesn't make shots? In the first game, I just didn't think he was particularly good. And I think the shooting got to him. He had two steals, one rebound, no other stats. In the second game... He goes for four rebounds, three assists, one block. He was a plus five in that game, which was a game high. Yeah, it was a game high. And what I liked about him is he had the single best play of all of Summer League, a block shot at the rim that he almost got postered on. Rotated, got two hands up, and just made an incredible block. He also dove for the ball and might have knocked himself out or given himself a concussion. He hit the deck so hard. But what I like is Strother was struggling with his shot, and he said, you know what? Let me see what else I can do. And he did stuff that made an impact on the game. Strother was, has been billed as a winner, a guy that makes winning plays. He was clutch in the NCAA tournament. He was on good teams at Gonzaga. And I can see why, because I thought he contributed in other ways. I hope he makes shots at some point in the summer league, but I hope he continues to make some of these impact plays. And that's what stands out in these uh, coming ones. And then he hasn't necessarily rebounded great. And I think some of this is because of the positioning thing. I told you he had one rebound in the last game. It did get four in the sub and the second one. So that's that's a better number. But Denver has been so undersized that rebounding has stood out as one of the weaknesses. And I think Strother can be a guy that positively impacts that and helps course correct, especially if he gets to guard his position. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to get to the final two players, Jalen Pickett and the standout surprise standout of Summer League, Hunter Tyson. We'll do that on the other side. Alrighty, back here, segment three, Locked on Nuggets. Um, let's get into the final two guys at Summer League from the first two games. There are three more games to go. Um, so we're going to have maybe updated takes uh, as this goes on. I mean, guys get a chance to show a little bit more, both positive and negative as, as games go on. You play different players, and I'm looking forward to that. But the next guy up is Jalen Pickett, second rounder that was taken this year. He'll be 24 years old this upcoming season. So he's on the older side of players. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's going to be like, older than some of the other guys. I think he's older than Zeke Naji, who's been in the league now for four seasons. So Jalen Pickett is, is an older player and he plays like it. He's extremely uh, mature. The things that pop for me, his scoring and his shooting have been great. 
you know, people wondered what kind of shooter he was coming in uh, because he was known as a passer and a, and a point guard and this or that. But of course, at the NBA level, you have to shoot. Well, the first game, he goes five of nine from the field, two of four from three, and they were good shots. They were tough shots. So he had 12 points on nine shots. That's pretty effective on top of all the other stuff he did. If I go to that first game, six rebounds, five assists, three steals. And then in the second game, he goes five of 11, including two of three from three. Uh, and again, once again, tough shots, you know, good shots, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block. So he is, I believe, the only Nuggets player. Uh, oh, he did not record a block in the first game. Very close. So he only, he was zero blocks in the first game, but he recorded a points, a rebounds, assists, and steals in both games and three-pointers. And the only thing he didn't get was a block in that first game. Otherwise, he would have had the stat sheet filled both times. I think his playmaking has actually been a little bit inconsistent relative to what I expected so far. And as I mentioned, I think a lot of that has to do with the two-point guard play. He's deferred to Colin more than I would like, but I also understand it. Colin's sort of been there longer and is kind of playing the point guard position. Jalen Pickett in the second game was asked to guard the power forward out of the gate, and he did a phenomenal job. I'll post some of these videos probably tonight or tomorrow of just highlighting some of the stuff I liked about it. Um, but his playmaking in these up upcoming games, I hope he gets the chance to run the a run unit where he's the only point guard on the court and that he's not playing alongside like a Mark Smith or Amir Franklin um, or what are uh, I get that right? Franklin, the other guard. I'd rather he's out there with like Julian Strother and Peyton Watson and Hunter Tyson or just guys that are not on ball players so that he can be the sole uh, floor general. I don't think he's played a lot of minutes like that so far. And I have a feeling that when he does, he'll control the offense a little bit better. But even if he doesn't, I hope he finds ways to contribute at running the offense better. He hasn't been bad at that, but I think he can take over the game a little bit more than he has. His team team defense has been really impressive. Maybe my biggest surprise, because I, I knew he was going to be a better shooter. When I got into the tape and started watching his shot, first of all, 38.1% three-point shooter in, in college, and he was a scorer in college. Like He was the team's leading scorer that he was on in this sister. So I knew that he was a scorer. The reason I think people didn't think he was a shooter was because he didn't take a lot of threes. I think he has it in him, but he's like Chris Paul. Chris Paul has a three-point shot, but he doesn't hunt for his three. His three is sort of his counter to all the other stuff that he does. Pickett's the same way, but you can see in these first two games that he's very comfortable taking those shots and has a knack for knowing when to take them and when to not. I think of all the threes he took, there was one that I kind of thought he had hit two in a row and he kind of forced one, I think is a little bit of a heat check. That was the only one I didn't like of all the threes that he took. But again, he had made two in a row. I think he was just filling it. The thing that stood out the most, though, has been his team, team defense. Team defense to me is the number one thing that will get you on the court at the NBA level. Christian Brown played very good team defense and individual defense, but team defense. He didn't make a lot of mistakes, and he could see what was happening. He understood conceptually what was going on in the court on the defensive end and where he fits into rotations and everything. Pickett, to me, is elite at that for a rookie. And again, he's 24 years old, so maybe you know he's not like he's 20. He's been around, even though it's been at the college level. He made some great rotations. He made some great just like – early anticipations of where things were going, disrupts plays, gets hands on balls, deflections, and he's been really good. His polish, I think, all around has been very impressive. Um, he's just a polished player in a lot of ways. His handle can probably get a little bit better. That's the one area where I don't know that he's as polished. I think we can over-index on how ugly his handle looks, but there have been times where he started backing guys down a little bit too early. I mean, he's, he likes to play big and he likes to back you down, 
but you can't back down in the backcourt. Otherwise, you're going to waste too much time bringing the ball up the court. So I do think he can work on his handle, get it a little bit tighter. Um, and, just, and really, it's almost like an open court handle more than anything. Just get the ball up the court uh, when they're pressuring you. And by the way, I think there's things the Nuggets can do to alleviate this. Sometimes with both him and with both Colin and him, they've been on an island a little bit more than I'd like, where I think JB can probably bring up a screen a little bit higher and free those guys up or just a release valve. Um, the negatives on him, you know, we wondered about his size and some of this is because he's been playing out of position, but it's great. I think he's going to be a very good defender at the NBA level. I feel very confident that he's a regular season player. So if we talk about regular season, first two rounds, last two rounds, I think he's going to be a regular season player right out of the package. You start the season and if you need him, I actually think he can step up and be good in pretty, pretty quick fashion. I think he's probably probably going to be a good first two rounds player when you talk about the last couple rounds i think that's where you start to get into his one-on-one defense is a little bit what scares me you think about it that doesn't scare me i shouldn't say scares me an area of growth for him where he can grow if you think about a player like jordan Poole, who's not necessarily a great team player but jordan Poole's a really really good one-on-one scorer or even a bones highlander this or that Jalen Pickett doesn't have the foot speed and he doesn't have the length to bother those types. So I don't know, like as much as he's a good team defender and you could probably, he'd be playing with a bench unit anyway. So you're probably putting other guys on the best players. If he got switched out onto a player like that, I just think that his size really shines in those, in those areas. And one other way where his size, I think shines in the worst way is when he closes out on shooters, he does a great job of anticipating rotations. He almost never misses a closeout. But he does have times where he runs out at, like, say if he was running out at Julian Strother, if Julian Strother was in the corner and he had to run out to contest, it's almost impossible for him to contest, even if he does make the full rotation and read it perfectly and time it perfectly, just because he's not going to jump high enough to block his shot. So, And you kind of notice that. So those two things, I think he's going to be a great team defender, and I think that's the most important thing. But individually, I could see matchups where it's just tough for him. And then, like I said, I just want to see him take control of the game a lot more. He's such a good playmaker and facilitator. And I think I understand why he's deferred to Colin and how it can get clunky where they're playing through Peyton a lot. And then they'll play through Colin a lot. And he's just trying not to dominate the ball too much. But I do hope that there's one game where he gets a broader opportunity with shooters on the court. Because he's actually been the only point guard on the court a decent amount. But usually it's with guys who aren't on the Nuggets real roster. They're on the summer league roster guys that don't necessarily have the same shooting, Cassius Stanley, um, you know, Amir Sims, like guys that aren't necessarily uh, spreading the court in a way that I think would work best for him. And I hope he gets an opportunity to do that because I think he'd look really good. And I think he would make guys like Strother and Tyson look really good. And that brings us to the standout of the first two games of Summer League. I think the guy who's probably shined the brightest overall, and that's Hunter Tyson. Um, First of all, a heck of a shooter, man. This is the last guy the Nuggets picked in this last one. In the first game, Hunter Tyson off the bench gets 27 minutes. He goes three of seven from three, and he has uh, 21 points on seven of 13 shooting. He got it done from the mid-range. He got to the cup, and he did a lot from the three-point line. In the next game, how did he follow it up? 16 points, which was a game high. Two of four from the three-point line, five of ten. So his shooting has looked great. He looks like a guy that's going to be a shooter. Um, His shot looks balanced. He knows all the tiny details to get open. So it's not like he's doing crazy stuff with the ball, but like good shooters, you think about like a Clay Thompson doesn't have a great handle, 
but he has a lot of like little pump fake sidestep, get it off, get balanced. And I think Hunter Tyson has a lot of that to his game. Just the ability to get open without doing anything too dynamic, just little move jab step. And now I'm into my shooting motion coming off a screen, set it up, get a guy off balance and then sprint off the screen. So you won't have a little pocket to score in. He does. He does that very well. He was billed as a guy that has a great motor. And it was really heavy handed what, the, you know, I, I was hearing from people like, oh, this guy plays so hard, though. That's the thing is he plays hard. They were wrong. He has a lunatic motor. This guy plays like an absolute lunatic. I love it. His nickname in, in high school, I think, or college was the Monroe Menace. Menace is a good word for him. He kind of plays like a psychopath in a best way, like nothing crazy, but just he's always psyching himself up. He's always trying to make big plays and then let everybody know about it. Not quite like a Patrick Beverly but in the same mentality where he's just trying to do – he's trying to channel as much uh, adrenaline and enthusiasm as he has in everything. And oftentimes that manifests itself on block shots or hard cuts or going hard at the rim. Like go hard at the rim, get fouled. He's beating his chest. He's pumping himself up. I think fans are going to love this dude because of how hard he plays in that way. So it's a real weapon for him. I love that they singled it out. And even they undersold it a little bit because I think that that's just something that – he has cultivated so where he always has it in, inside of him. I think that Peyton Watson can learn something from that because Peyton, he says no ego. I love all the things he has to say. That's a skill that you can cultivate that I think would make Peyton a special defensive player. I think he's a very good defensive player already because he has so many tools. But that level of intensity would make him just a, a, an all-defensive caliber player because of how skilled he is. And so it's something I think he could take from Hunter Tyson. But he's really a smart player. And here's one of the things I love about players like him. In college, there are players that aren't necessarily great. And sometimes they are in your way because they don't have to be guarded or they don't know how to read the court in real time. So even if you do, it's a team sport and you might not everybody might see it. He's a guy that to me um, is going to look better playing alongside better players. If you plucked, if you swapped him in for Michael Porter Jr., for example, on the regular Denver Nuggets roster, if you just plugged him in, he would probably look better than any of the other guys on the roster, save for maybe Peyton Watson. He might look better than any of the other guys if you swapped them out for their position. So Jalen Pickett for Jamal Murray or, you know, Strother for KCP. Hunter Tyson would just do the Michael Porter role. And he probably wouldn't do it as well, but he would still do it and like in the same way. He would be in the right spots. He would augment things. He would cut when he's supposed to, shoot when he's supposed to. He's a guy that I think the better players he's around, the more you're going to see because he's high IQ. He's been in this college for five years. He's just very polished as an offensive player. And then his defense has honestly been good. You know, he was billed as a bad defender, as a negative defender. I thought he's made plays. Um he's even on one-on-one -on -one sequences against guards, getting switched out onto, I think it was Buffkin. Uh, in that second game, a really tough, quick guard with a lot of shake and a lot of wiggle to his game. He stuck him twice, once with the block and another with just a challenge at the rim that forced an ugly miss. So I think there's reason to hope that Hunter Tyson can be a player. Um, there's parts of his game he's going to have to work on. I think he's going to have to get a little bit stronger, especially in his legs. Um, you know, his offensive game, he actually got to the rim. I like his straight line drives, but there's probably more he can add to his offense that will make him more dynamic. But I think he's a guy that right now, I didn't know his game very well coming into it, even though I'd watched a little bit of tape and got a sense for it. 
I like what I've seen in summer league so much more than I was expecting. And, and I'm all aboard the Hunter Tyson bandwagon. I think he's a good player and I'm excited to kind of watch and see what happens over these last summer league games and, and hopefully continue to get my hopes up for what he can be uh, for the nuggets down the line. And, and, and then I see movement shooter. Yep. Off of movement. He's been really, really good, which is big in the nuggets offense. You know, Denver doesn't really have a bunch of guys that are movement shooters. And if you could get one who runs off and catches and goes up quickly, I think um, I think that would really help. Michael Porter has a skinny base. His feet are kind of together. I think that makes it hard for him to be a movement shooter. Uh, Strother is somewhat similar. Strother has a push shot, which is not necessarily great for, like, you think about Clay Thompson. It's compact. It goes up. Hunter Tyson's the same way. He catches, and he goes right into that balanced shooting motion, and I think it'll make him a good movement shooter. So, yeah, I, my hope is Denver goes tomorrow now. They're going to be playing in uh, summer league game number three. Let me see who they have. I don't even know who they're going up against. It's at 7 o'clock, I believe. Let me pull this up here. Oh, they don't have the Summer League scores on here. This is a bummer. No Summer League scores. Schedule, maybe. Tomorrow, Denver plays Utah. Ooh, a division rivalry, 730. Um, so, so Denver gets another crack at it. I anticipate – I would not be surprised. Grant Golden didn't play in this last one. He's going to play in this next one, I feel pretty certain. Maybe Kamagate doesn't play. I wouldn't be surprised if one of Peyton, Pickett, or Colin doesn't play in this next one. I hope they all three play, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of them didn't. And I wouldn't be surprised if all three do play, if one of them comes off the bench. Probably if, if one's coming off the bench, it's probably going to be one of Pickett or Colin. I wouldn't read too much into whichever one does. Like if, if Pickett comes off the bench, don't I don't think you should say, oh, that means Colin's in pole position or vice versa. But I just think Denver's going to have to give one of these guys the keys to let them see how it goes and then probably swap, swip, uh, swap it the next game and let the next guy have the keys. But that's what I hope. Um, uh, that's what I hope happens. And if that happens, then I would be very excited to watch Strother and I'd be very excited to watch Pickett and Colin because I think it would help both of them out. I like the team. It's been fun. It was fun being out there. Um, and, you know, it, it's fun getting into these prospects. The Nuggets are going to be relying on their prospects a lot, if not this year. And I think it will be this year, by the way. But if not, still down the line, Denver is heavily dependent on these guys panning out. I think Denver is tied to these young players. And if you think about in the coming seasons, they're really tied to the success of one, two, or three of these guys really hitting and being rotation pieces for year to, years to come. So I think we're going to see an era of Denver Nuggets basketball this next upcoming season where those guys do play. Like I would not be surprised if they... Michael Malone doesn't play rookies except for this or except for this. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Malone next year plays rookies more than we all expect. He's probably calmer having won a championship. My guess is he'll get an extension at some point, you know, a longer term contract. So he'll have some financial security. And I just wouldn't be surprised if he, um, if next year you see a couple of these guys playing real rotation minutes at some point in the season and Malone not being afraid to go to him. That does it guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back tomorrow, probably tomorrow night. They play tomorrow night game's over i'll probably put the kids to bed and then do a show so it might not be right afterwards but i'll try to hop on and i'll get with matt to figure out when he'll be back hit that like button for me on the way out see you guys next time